if our storytelling allows us to build trust, build credibility, build a bond, then we're telling the right stories. If it's just designed to distract and be a shiny object, if it's designed to be manipulative, then save your breath. Increase sales, improve margins, and grow your business. Guaranteed. Top secrets of marketing and sales. Now, now, now. David Blaze. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. In today's episode, co-host Jay McFarland and I will be discussing the power of storytelling in sales. Jay, tell me a story. Hey, listen, I am a storyteller. I love to tell stories and I like to build when I tell stories, right? And so this is something that I use on a regular basis when I'm talking to people. And it's not just telling a story. I think it's putting people in a story and what character are they in that story? And I think most people want to be the hero in their own story, right? They do, which gets to the whole idea of the hero's journey and all that kind of stuff for anybody who follows that sort of storyline or that mm -hmm. type of story arc. The Hero's Journey by Campbell, I can't think of his first name, but it's a book and it describes essentially the plot of most of the most popular movies of all yeah. time. Right? Star Wars, Rocky, anything where you've got this person who is initially kind of beaten down and not winning. And then they come in contact with a mentor and then they learn new things and they have a confrontation and it might not go well. And then they learn some more things and then eventually they come out triumphant. There's a whole arc. And you're right. A lot of people want to be the hero. And the challenge as a salesperson is in our storytelling, we can't be the hero. Mm, we need right. to make sure that the person we're talking to is the hero and that we're the mentor or guide. We're not Luke Skywalker. We have to be Yoda. We have to be the one who's helping Luke to destroy the Death Star. Yeah, this is a really hard thing, I think, for a, a lot of people because we want to go in and think we're the hero, right? I'm coming into your business. I'm going to provide something that is going to save the day and then I'm going to walk away and you're going to praise me and you're going to pay me. But that's not what really is supposed to be happening, right? It's that I have the tools and the resources that you need to be the hero. Yes. And it's easy to forget that, particularly when we're trying to read ourselves in as the hero to each story. But one of the things that I've noticed in sales is that many, if not most, of the very best salespeople are also the best storytellers. You can say, hi, do you know what time it is? And instead of getting the time, you will get a fantastic story that might weave the time into it. Mm. <laughs> but you're going off in all kinds of directions. And when they do it right, it's captivating enough that you sit there and pay attention. Yeah, but you pointed out when you do it right, yes. right? So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about your feedback on doing it right. Well, number one, as we already touched on, it can't just be all about you. You can't make the story about yourself. You need to make it about them. And a lot of that upfront comes from finding out about them, which means you're asking more questions then you're answering hopefully in the early stages because yes. customers always just want to know what it's going to cost up front and you don't generally want to lead off with that so a lot of our 
storytelling will actually have to come from the conversations that ensue after we've gathered enough information to know yeah. what those stories need to be about. If we just go in and we meet somebody for the first time and we start telling them stories, that's probably not ideal. We need to still initially do some sort of diagnostic up front to find out what their interests are. Now, of course, a lot of salespeople, they do the whole thing about walking into the office, looking around, oh, I see a big buck hanging up there on the, mm -hmm. on the wall versus a hunter. You start talking to them about hunting, that type of thing. And it's very obvious. It works in some situations to break the ice. So you can ask the person, because the other thing about storytelling is it doesn't just have to be you telling stories. If you can get the prospect to be telling stories to you, then they'll be more likely to engage in a longer conversation because most people are more interested in hearing what they have to say versus what somebody else has to say. So sometimes yeah. you can just let somebody talk for a long time and they feel like they had the best conversation, even though the salesman didn't say anything at all. Yeah, I've had people like look at the pictures on the wall and stuff and that can come off as so plastic and so fake. But I do think the most important thing is to get them talking. And the more talking they do and the less talking you do, the better off it, those things are. If you can get them to be the storyteller and then you can help them improve that story or tell them how that story is going to get better, that's the zone where you want to be. Yeah, exactly. And I think that a good sales process does that in the sense that when you're leading off with intelligent probing questions that don't come across as intrusive, it can't be like you're giving them the third degree, you got a light shining in their yeah. face and you're trying to get information out of them. Can't be anything like that. But if you're asking intelligent probing questions and you're finding out about them, they're going to open up more. And the more they talk, the better it is for you. Another thing that a lot of salespeople do is they mistakenly ask yes or no questions. They ask binary oh, yeah. questions instead of open-ended questions. If you ask an open-ended question, they're likely to talk more, which is going to allow the conversation to flow a lot more organically. They can tell stories. You can then potentially tell some sort of story about something that relates to something they said. Again, keeping it focused on them and what they need and what they're looking to do. For salespeople, case studies, testimonials, things like that can be good stories as long as they're not just being forced down people's throats. If somebody's talking about a promotion that they did or something that they did in the past that worked well, then you can acknowledge that, wow, that's great. That sounds like that was really amazing. We had a similar situation with a client where this happened or that happened. And then you can relate with that story. But that also brings up another thing. If somebody tells a story, then you don't want to try to tell a story that's designed to sound better than theirs, mm. right? So you don't want to change gears. But if you can establish some sort of camaraderie among them by indicating that you've had similar experiences, then your stories will go a lot farther. Yeah. And I think a couple of things from my own experience, don't interrupt, don't cut them off, right? Let them talk. But I think where people really miss out, and you know that I interview people for part of my living, right? And mm -hmm. I've been a professional interviewer for 20 years. And I find that the key is not the initial question. Yes, ask open-ended question. That's very, very important. But the key is always the follow-up question. And that's where people fall down. They ask the question, they got the person talking, and then they dive into their product spiel, right? 
If you ask a follow-up question, it shows that you're listening. It shows that you're interested and it will take you places that you never ever thought you could go. Like I have interviews where people send a list of questions and I'm like, just so you know, I'm going to ask you follow-up questions and we'll bounce around and those kind of things. And by the time they're done, they're energized and they just feel so appreciated. And it's because of active listening and good follow-up questions. Yes, and that is so completely critical in sales. People who don't get that are at a tremendous disadvantage. You know, one of the big advantages of storytelling is that it allows you to potentially infuse emotion into an emotionless conversation. Mm. A lot of sales conversations are very sort of clinical and product oriented and detail oriented and price oriented. And it's hard to get somebody into the zone. It's hard to get them emotionally positive about the idea of buying something without being able to trigger something inside. Otherwise, it's just a list of details and facts and specifications where if we can get them engaged with how they feel about what the product or service is going to do for them, the end result that they're getting, what's the thing that they want to have happen as a result of engaging in this promotion or doing whatever it is that they're going to do. If they can tell you that and get themselves into a state of enthusiasm over your product, they're going to be a hundred times more likely to buy it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that the natural fallback for salespeople is to focus on specifications. You know, I've been there on the car lot and the guy wants to show me all the specifics and horsepower and all those things. And then I've had people talk about what are my goals and focusing more on my life than on this particular one item. It really shows, you know, more caring and that they're more interested in me. It does. And you also have to be aware of the person you're talking to, because sometimes people will hear something like that. And they're like, I don't want to get into that. Just tell me how much it costs or whatever. And for some, that might be a disqualifier, right? Mm -hmm. And for others, you say, okay, well, I'll provide the information. I'll see if this goes anywhere. But a lot of times when people are unwilling to communicate at a deeper level, to me, it indicates they're not a good quality prospect to be interacting with. I was talking with someone earlier today, I had a situation where they booked a strategy session call with us and like had absolutely no idea why they were calling. And, Mm. and so there was a video that they went to to watch. He hadn't watched the video and he's, he didn't know why he was calling. And I said, well, listen, out of respect for your time, why don't we do this? Take a look at the video, see if it makes sense for us to have a conversation. If it does, we can go back here and regroup. And he said, okay, fine. Right. So the call was over in three or four minutes, Yeah, but it was respectful for both of us. It was respectful of his time. It's respectful of mine. And I think that all sales conversations need to do that. They need to be respectful of both the prospect and the salesperson. And too often as salespeople, we feel so sort of humbled or so disadvantaged or whatever it is. We always put the needs of the prospect first. You've heard the customer is always right, which is not always true, but you want to treat them as if it is, particularly in the early stages until you find out that it's not the truth. But in those situations, if you recognize that your time is just as valuable as theirs, we all have a certain number of ticks on the clock. We don't know what that number is. We mm. want to make sure that we're spending our time as well as possible, as productively as possible with the people who are on the same wavelength and who are ready to interact with us. 
Yeah, and that goes back to the podcast we did recently about pre-qualifying people and really finding out ahead of time if they really, you know, fit within your business model and those kind of things. But, you know, a lot of times you're not going to know unless you just start talking to somebody and you start asking them questions. And yep. I think if you're doing this right, it's not going to feel plastic. It's not going to feel fake. I have a genuine desire to learn about people and to find out about them. Yeah. And, you know, if that's what you're doing, they're going to sense that. If you're just doing it to, okay, now let's cut to the chase and let's get to the details and hopefully I can sell you, they'll sense that too. Right. Yeah. I think that if our storytelling allows us to build trust, build credibility, build a bond, then we're telling the right stories. If it's just designed to distract and be a shiny object to try to mm -hmm. get them to tell something, if it's designed to be manipulative, then save your breath. Yeah, absolutely. How do people find out more, David? You can go to topsecrets.com slash call, schedule a call with myself or my team. There's actually a video right on that page. <laughs> what I would encourage you to do, it says at the top right there, before you schedule a call, watch this video. So take a look at that. Get an idea of how we're helping other people, what it does for other people. If it makes sense for you, then you can just scroll down and you can schedule a call. And we can work with you essentially to find out where you are now in your business versus where you want to be. We can look at your visibility in the marketplace. How are you doing in terms of visibility, in terms of sales, in terms of profit? And just walk you through a couple of things that will allow you to maybe think more clearly in terms of how you can get from where you are now to where you want to be. So it's topsecrets.com slash call. Love to have a conversation with you. And I'm sure you'll tell them a great story. I just might. <laughs> <laughs> David, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, Jay. Increase sales, improve margins, and grow your business. Guaranteed. Top Secrets. TopSecrets.com.